realfaith.org.au and one time I was sitting at my mate's uni party and a girl walks in, her name's Lizzie, and I used to work my first job in Harvey Bay. She was sold out on fire for the Lord and she would always nag on me to get to church and youth. I'm like, nah, not interested, you know, I've got my own plan. And she had a go at me, she's like, why do you wear a cross around your neck if you don't you know, live it? That stuck with me and all these times I've realised how many times God moved on people and then people listened and obedient and reached out. Welcome to Real Faith, conversations about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through, helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's Real People, Real Life and Real Faith with Eric Scadabo. Well, last time we heard Mike Lane share his story about how he had kind of a midlife crisis when he felt led by God to learn how to play the didgeridoo. This turned out to be a tremendous success as he went on to travel the world performing concerts with his band, River Tribe. Mike Lane, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Eric. Good to see you again. Glad to have you on the program again. And now, before that interview, we were trying to pick out a date to get to the studio, and you said, oh, there might be a conflict because I might be going to pick up a Rolls Royce. Yes. Doesn't everyone do that? (laughs) (laughs) And that kind of got my attention. I mean, I know you were a success with River Tribe, but I didn't think it was that successful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was given a Rolls Royce, which is... You were given a Rolls Royce. Yeah. So um, Isaac will come into the interview uh, shortly and I guess fill in the gaps on the story, but it just came from an idea I was throwing around with Isaac uh, a little while ago to help promote his his, uh, Indigenous entrepreneur and... uh, runs a company called Bunjil Energy mm-hmm. and um, initially it started out as an idea just to uh, help him promote his uh, his business, his company and it kind of grew out of that. It's got a lot bigger than that but yeah, it's an interesting story that we're yes, given, yes. given a car. Well, you mentioned Isaac at this point. We'd like to welcome to the program Isaac Harrison. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. Glad to have you with us and so this picking up a Rolls Royce was yep. part of a project you're involved in. What's the background? Yeah, so um, yeah, it was a, it was an idea at the time. Mike uh, had a has a friendship with um, David Bromley, who's an Australian uh, artist and some could say an icon. So yeah, Mike's um, you know have done some work with him, and he and he suggested uh, converting one of his cars to electric. And we've actually just had a staff member leave for this company in Melbourne that's doing a lot of electric conversions. So there was a few synergies that were popping up. And what started as a conversation, then a visit out to Dalesford has now really flourished into a um, a viable project. Wow. So let's just back up a little bit. So obviously, Mike and yourself, Isaac, you're good friends. I understand that you play the didgeridoo together. Yep. And you have your own energy company, Moonjill Energy. Yeah. And so this whole Rolls-Royce conversion to electric car is a promotional idea for your yeah, company? Yeah, yeah. It was just a – it was really a marketing in a way. There's a there's a show that used to play called Bush Mechanics and follows – Oh, yes. I just watched yeah, it the other day. So yeah. It follows yeah. a group of indigenous lads who, you know, go on an adventure and they come across their car breaks down and they use – you know, ingenuity in the bush, you know, like yeah. branches for new axles and, and yes. stuff like that. Yes. And it's quite incredible. And the reality is a lot of those Indigenous people out there 
can do that and have mm-hmm. the the brain and the willpower to to put those things together. Very extremely resourceful people, us uh, people, Indigenous people. You know, mm-hmm. we've used the land's resource as is for you know thousands of years. So. Yeah, you know, I was very inspired by that, and I thought there's got to be a way where we could spark this project and catch attention of a lot of Indigenous Australians. You know, with the lowest socio demographic in Australia, we have the highest suicide rates and the highest incarceration, domestic violence. You know, you name it, and and a lot of that's from the scars of colonisation passed down through generations to get where we are today. So. I thought that would be a great way to, to bring a, a bit of interest mm-hmm. for Indigenous people looking at starting a trade in what I like to call the new new era. You know, that's renewable energy, that's electric vehicles, that's, you know, free energy, that's energy from the sun, the wind, from the tides. It's everywhere around us, and we've had a centralised model in our heads mm-hmm. or what we've just accepted as convenience before at a cost to bringing pollution to, you know, God's creation. And so... It's up to us now to transition into better stewards of of the earth. Of mm-hmm. you know the you know it says the all of creation groans and travails, waiting for the sons of God to be made manifest. And I think that's up to us now, sons and daughters, to get involved and make a change. And that's my inspiration for the business and for the project. But yeah, to, to throw it back to the start. Yes, yes, um, let's, yeah, let's, we'll get back to the whole Rolls <laughs> Royce thing. But you yourself, yeah, met. Mike, because you play yeah the three yeah. So I, I'm a Queenslander. So I'm from a small town called Harvey Bay in Queensland. Mm-hmm. Yep, been there. Um, so my my mother is uh, Aboriginal Australian. She's a Cubby Cubby and Birigupper woman. So Sunshine Coast and Air is where our um, lineage is. Mm-hmm. We've also got an ancestor who was a Kanaka taken from the South Sea Islands, who was um, taken from Vanuatu to New Caledonia to the Torres Straits, and then into Queensland to cut cane, build railroads, and pretty much indentured servants, you know, similar to what they would have done in America. So he marries into an Aboriginal tribe um, on the Sunshine Coast, mm-hmm. and then after a couple of generations, we find ourselves um, yeah, growing up in Townsville and then in Harvey Bay. So my father's white Australian, and you know, his lineage is his father uh, committed suicide and was mm. physically abusive. Uh, his mother was also came from abusive home. Um, he was an alcoholic before he became a Christian. And my mother was the same uh, statistic, you know, abused as a young, sexually abused as a young child in a community, a lot of alcohol, a lot of violence. So w- what broke it for us was my, my nana and my mum became Christian. Um, the Salvation Army has a long heritage with Aboriginal people in this nation. And they might see my nana actually ran away from church. Her parents were Salvation Army officers, um, which stopped her from being taken to a mission. Mm. But she left that lifestyle and pursued um, whatever was going, fell in love with um, someone else, and which my grandfather had 11 kids. And so she went back to the Lord, and my mum came back at 13 and dedicated her life. And she said to God, two promises, God, um, I want to marry a blonde-haired, blue-eyed man which is my father, and he's still married today. <laughs> and the other one was because she saw the, the trouble that people went through. She said, I never, ever want to have to apply for a job. And my mum has never applied for a job in her life. She jobbed straight out of university, and she's been, always been offered jobs. And now she runs her own organization, which gets women out of domestic violence situations in Brisbane and Logan. Wow. Um, so in Queensland. So that's my mum. My mum's a role model, same as my dad, you know, as cheesy as that sounds. So, yeah, going going back further, so from my nana, her grandfather um, was a S- Scottish stockman 
who came obviously from Scotland and he ran away with the maid, an indigenous woman of that area. Back in those days, that was a big no-no, mixed relations. So the government came in, removed him, gave him a slap on the wrist, uh, took my great, 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 whatever it is, uh, Polly Smith, took her to Yarraba Mission outside of Cairns, and then they separated the children. And so the children was my nana's father. So his wife was taken away from him. Yeah, so you, you, you've and his you've forcibly removed, yeah, because that was a big no-no. Was, and if you, if you go on Wikipedia and Google Australian Indigenous acts, you know, there's acts on rightfully shooting Aboriginals, there's acts on, you know, um, wow. removing children of mixed blood, um, you know, I would be counted as, as a half caste, so I would have no place among white Australia, and I'd have no place among Indigenous Australia. You know, so, Ireland, so, I mean, I'm just trying to get my head around. His children were taken away from him. Yeah, his and children, his wife. So, yeah, it's it's very it's very it's quite common um, for Indigenous people to know that and share that. Did they ever goods. get back together? So, the as far as we know, they never found each other. Then she spent a lot of her time walking up um, southeast and North Queensland looking for him. Oh, wow. Uh, she was even um, my uncle, Les, who's an elder, he said she was walking in the 80s. She could walk kilometers, you know, uh, just keep walking. Um, and she never found him. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so it is It is sad and it ins- you know inspires me to, you know, be very thankful for where I am today because there's a lot of indigenous people, you know, their story doesn't change for the better. It just gets mm-hmm. worse. And getting to your personal story. Yeah, so I grew up in a good home. You know, I grew up um, in Harvey Bay, a good town. And um, for me, I, I was always played my sports. You know, I played semi-professional uh, soccer when I, when I moved to Brisbane. I thought that was the way forward. And um, I went on a bit of a bender, you know, broke my arm. I sort of lost track of the values. And I ended up walking through the city, Queen Street in Brisbane um, one night, you know, coming back from a late night. And... I heard street preachers, actually, you know, fire and brimstone sort of guys. And if you come from a Christian home, you sort of know what they're talking about. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so were you raised in the church? Did you know about Yeah, so we grew up in COC, uh, Christian Outreach Center. Um, And then my uncle was discipled by Clark Taylor, um, and he started his own um, church in in around Harvey Bay area. So I grew up with very much a country church sort of situation mm-hmm. so um yeah super thankful and so for me I, I sort of went away from you know god's truth and, and backslid and and you know was serving myself primarily and mm-hmm. looking after number one <laughs> and uh, more and more i realized how much of a selfish kid i was anyway so i saw these street preachers and one of those guys so this is in brisbane city one of those guys was actually from harvey bay and knew my family mm-hmm. and, and oh, wow. within about two sentences we worked out while well, we were both from the small same town and um he then the question he asked me that night was you know what are you doing out here and it wasn't like what are you doing like overlording it on me he just asked me like well what are you doing out here and i was just like i don't know like just walking around really getting some hungry jacks and and so that was my first encounter. He invites me to church, you know, a, a non-denominational, very reformed church, which is the complete opposite of a country charismatic church. And so I said, no, I'm all good. Thanks, mate. So anyway, the, the next week I get a knock on the door. It's a salesman trying to sell insulation back in the insulation scheme. I'm like, no, thanks. I'm all good. On his half turn, he says, um, oh, I was right for pray for you. And I was like, that's a bit random, but yeah, why not? So <laughs> he lays hands and he, and he prophesies and, and says about, 
you know, my, my past and where I've come from, you know, and it just blew me out of the water because I really respect that, you know, supernatural stuff. And mm. so I, I went downstairs. My brothers like looked at me like, you look like you've seen a ghost. I was like, oh, I think I saw an angel. I don't know. I didn't even know how to label that because I've never had that level of encounter before. Mm-hmm. He invites me to his church. It was in Sunshine Coast, so an hour north of Brizzy. And uh, I'm like... Maybe maybe it's too far. So maybe, maybe I started thinking about this other guy I met the week before. And then the third week, I'm at work and um, my brother comes to visit and we go down and get some food at the Jindalee DFO, direct factory outlet downstairs. I was working at Fitness First, the gym at the top at the time. And, and I walked, I started seeing people from my hometown. I was like, what's going on here? Like little, like, and they were the youth group from Harvey Bay coming down for like a youth alive concert or something oh, like wow. that yeah and i was like oh man i can't escape these people <laughs> and then i hear and then i hear hey brother hey brother and i look over and there's a indigenous guy um you know a black fella from harvey bay who knows my family as well he says hey brother can i can i can i pray over you can i pray and i was just he like, just randomly came just up to randomly you? to me and my my middle brother kashaya after all these things had been happening yeah so this is the third third week fourth yeah. week so it's all in one month yeah and i was like oh fine i give up so i'm bowing my head <laughs> the lord is after you <laughs> yeah and then what i realized is all those kids i saw in the shopping center the youth group that were on tour they like yeah. just all came and laid hands and prayed and some of them i knew from they were a couple of grades younger than me at school and some of them their siblings i knew and so it was really you know it nearly makes me cry now but you know it's like he, he came after me you know and I, and I realized back in my life how many times he came after me. And one time I was sitting at my uni, my, my mate's uni party, and a girl walks in. Her name's Lizzie. And I used to work my first job in Harvey Bay. She was sold out on fire for the Lord. And um, she would always nag on me to get to church and youth. I'm like, nah, not interested. You know, I've got my own plan. And she had a go at me. She's like, why do you wear a cross around your neck if you don't, you know, live it? And it's pretty, like, pretty bold. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was like, how dare she say that? But then I was just like, <laughs> I like gritted my teeth and I was like, whatever. Because, because I liked her. She was cool, cool girl, um, and a good friend. So, um, but that stuck with me. And all these times I've realized how many times God moved on people and then people listened and obedient and reached out. Our guest today is once again didgeridoo musician Mike Lane. And today he's brought along a friend of his who is also a didgeridoo player, Isaac Harrison. Today we're finding out Isaac Harrison's story. We found out that he's an indigenous Australian and also the founder and director of his very own renewable energy company. We'll hear more of Isaac's story when we return right here on Real Faith. Looking for resources to grow your faith? Check out Vision Christian Store with books, movies, audio CDs, DVD resources and more. Plus, free delivery on orders over $50. See visionstore.org.au You're listening to Real Faith. Conversations with real people about how God works in their lives. If you want to know more about integrating faith into your life, our website is realfaith.org.au. Just go to the website and you'll find helpful articles about the impact faith can have on your life. Once again, that's realfaith.org.au. Welcome back. I'm Eric Scadabo, and our guest today is once again Mike Lane, who is from the music group River Tribe. And today he's brought along a fellow didgeridoo player named Isaac Harrison, who's an indigenous Australian, and also he just happens to be the founder and director of his very own renewable energy company. We're hearing his story today. Now we're going to find out what happened when Isaac decided to go back to church. 
And so I went to this Reformed church, which is really different from what I grew up with. And in fact, it was an eye-opener. But I really respect their emphasis on holiness and, and soberness. And, and they were just great people, you know, surgeons, doctors, pilots. And mm-hmm. it, was a, it was such a different change. You know, you never hear a tither message. <laughs> and, it was, and it was, yeah, awesome. So then I ended up at Sunny Coast. Um, I went to this other church, that, that second guy that I met. Mm-hmm. I went to that church, spent a good couple of years on the Sunshine Coast. So I got a trade there. So I got a trade. And a guy at that church that I was a part of had a startup in renewable energy. Oh, okay, and, um, so that's how and this that is how all began. The story, okay. yeah. 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 And he says to me, you know, I've got this startup and it's going to be a big industry and you know, want to be a part of it. So at the moment, I like just secured a trade. I've just qualified. You know, how got old my are you? Work van. At this stage, I'm twenty. Okay, 20, just 21. young guy, just starting. Yeah, young guy. So I'm like, oh, do I really want to leave um, where I'm doing my trade? Mm-hmm. And um, so I prayed intensely into it, and then I said, yeah, let's do it. So. I was like the fourth, fifth employee. I was like the third in the office. By the time I, I um getting in on the ground later, floor, it sounds yeah, like. yeah, yeah. So by the time I left to Melbourne to run the the Victorian branch of it, um, we had thirty, forty employees, and he went from you know turning over two hundred thousand, turning over like six mil within like wow. two years. So all online, all on eBay, you know, centralized location, Sunny Coast, sending out. Um, and that was, to me, was incredible. I saw miracles in business, which were, like, ridiculous. So we'd have customs hold a shipping container, and the guys are like, there's no way we're going to get it. All these customers are going to miss out. And without any word, we'd rock in the morning, and the shipping container would be there at the door. Wow. The truck dropped it off. So they got a call from customs to pick it up at some ridiculous time. And Was he and a Christian as well? He was a Christian, yes. Yeah, so it was a kingdom business. And, and a lot of the other people that were working there weren't, and they would be like, oh, this happens too much. It's, it's freaking me out. <laughs> and so I was just like, wow, like God likes making people rich. No, <laughs> no I was just amazed because I was like, God cares about our livelihood, you know. It's mm-hmm. just not like a, a kingdom stuff. So, yeah, then I, I, so I moved to Melbourne. And I, you were um, growing as a Christian? Yeah, I was, I was growing time? more and more. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. more and more tested. You know, when I did my trade, I, I probably had the hardest time as a Christian, I worked dead-end jobs in factories where I got, like, you know, just verbally abused and, like, just crazy stuff, you know. And Because of your heritage or...? I think a bit of both. And there was one place I remember it, there was a factory that just did salad dressing bottles for coals, and all I did was put lids on it. And so I this was, was all before...? This is before I got my trade, and then yeah. I ended up in renewable energy. Mm-hmm. And I remember being at, like, my lowest, and I'd drive home... And I'd be like, God, like, I felt like you brought me out to the desert to die. Like, I've left Brisbane, you know, I felt to move to Sunshine Coast to be a part of this church group, this organization, which I met Daniel Hagen, which is now my, my pastor in Frankston. And um, I said, what is going on? Like, this is the worst. And that's where I learned the most character, you know. It sounds like you weren't having the abundant life. I was not. Far <laughs> the, the, from having. The, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Far. You know, I couldn't pay my bills. I was behind my rent by like two months. I got to the point where me and my roommate, who also worked part-time dead-end jobs, we would go to Salvation Army in Maroochydore and pick up bread and buy butter and wow. milk and tea. And that would be our diet for the so week. So that doesn't get much lower than that. Yeah. It's hard to believe that we're eventually going to be talking about a Rolls Royce. but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And my parents came to visit. and they So I, I stopped playing soccer and I stopped pursuing playing on a professional level. I was playing semi-pro, so I was getting paid oh, wow. per game. and yeah. So I stopped that because I felt like God calling me away from that. And I'd done mm-hmm. it since I was six years old. And um, 
as I as I left that, like my parents and I left a job at Qantas as well. So my parents like he's given up semi pro soccer, and he's given up a job at Qantas to bum around sunny coast, you know, eat Salvation Army bread. So they really on the physical level thought, man, you've like turned it in, like you've lost it, you know, you've become too spiritual, you've become over mm-hmm. the top. And but I just knew in here, like in my life, I've always done things like a hundred percent, hundred percent for myself or a hundred percent for my flesh, you know. But when I when I signed up to following, you know, Jesus and following His teachings, it was going to be a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just the way I operate. And um, so you were convicted and felt led yeah. to be on the Sunshine Coast. Yeah. And, and even though it wasn't working out too well. Yeah, it wasn't initially. working out too well. And But in that time, you know, we meant we were on the streets and, and even in workplace. So I got to lay hands and pray for people. I, probably one of the most profound things I've ever had a Jehovah Witness boy on the factory line. We're doing the bottles. So. I was literally like praying in tongues and singing songs and just praying all day because it was so loud, no one could hear you. Oh wow! And so the guy next to me, he he grew up Jehovah Witness and he left the church. So all these community don't talk to him. That's how hmm. that ran. So he's kind of excommunicated. He's excommunicated and he's oh, I don't believe in any of that religion, that rubbish and blah blah blah. So as an Aboriginal, you grow up with witch doctors and magic and spiritualism. That's very normal. When mm-hmm. I got to school, I never yep. knew what an atheist was until like a strain because I'm an atheist. I believe in nothing, and I was like, because you you've seen. Because I've seen it. Life. I've seen people yeah. walk out of deathbeds and ICU two days later. I've seen people have, you know, respiratory failure and then it just comes back to life, you know, and kidneys come back to life. People are hit by a bus and, and come back to life. I've, you know, my, my adopted sister was shaken, baby thrown across the room, you know, torn retinas, was written off with all sorts of things and she's completely fine after just praying. Wow. So I've seen it. And so this guy was like, teasing me and mocking me and he said all right you know you think where was i born it was it was the reddest thing and in my head it just the words rockhampton popped in my head and i said rockhampton so i don't know if i guess the holy spirit sovereignly just goes bang and i said rockhampton and he just looked at me looked back at his station bowed his head and just started back to work and didn't say anything the whole shift and i was like oh well, I guess I was wrong, you know, because he was just like, oh, this guy's an idiot. And he comes back <laughs> later and he goes, how did you do that? Wow. And I was just like blown. And so in that time, I had these encounters where I had nothing on the physical. I had no money to my name was behind my rent. And then, yeah, I spent that season. Then I spent a season with a trade and I got persecuted hard. You know, there was a guy whose best name mate was Christian and he believed Christianity took his best mate away. So he just had it out on me. Hmm. Um, my- so he's all angry. Yeah, my boss was ex-Navy, you know, really old school, an alcoholic, and he just had it. Like, everyone had it out on me. So it was a real test. And and eventually, when I got a job at this kingdom business, I took every day, like, with such thankfulness because, you know, yeah, so it's Because you had seen the alternative. <laughs> I've seen the alternative, and it's, persecuted, it's not fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, and that's how I, I ended up in Melbourne. So the church I was part of, the guy, he moved back to Melbourne because he's a mm-hmm. Melbourner. And he said to me, actually, we need a um, position with our youth, you know, someone to, to run the youth. And, you know, would you be interested? Um, also play, you know, I was playing Yidiki, which is the didgeridoo mm-hmm. um, professionally. So things were winding up there in the Sunshine Coast, both the church that I was a part of and um, work-wise. It was feeling like end of the road. There wasn't much more for me to do. Okay, I'm going to stop so, you right there. So you're in Victoria now. Yep. And you're eventually going to meet this guy over here, Mike Lane, yep. because yep. you both play. We'll the get there. Redo. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> and uh, things kind of take off, yep. and you're now the founder of your own. Yeah, that's right. Energy yep. company. Yeah. Unfortunately, we've run out of time for this first edition. We'd like to invite you to come back and have a yep, part two of this conversation. Would yep. that be all right? Yeah. Mike, you gonna come back too? Sounds great. 
All right. Sorry, you, you can be kind of taken over here, Mike, so uh, we'll give you a chance <laughs> next That's time. All right. all right, so we invite you to come back for part two of our conversation with Mike Lane, once again with us, and also Isaac Harrison, who is the founder and director of Boonjil Energy. He's also, as we've been hearing, an indigenous Australian and didgeridoo player. So we'll have more of his story next time. You've been listening to Real Faith. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a message through our website, realfaith.org.au. That's realfaith.org.au. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.